Hi, and welcome to the McGregor Dementia Support Ministry Podcast, a podcast providing relevant resources to those currently walking the dementia journey with their loved ones. Today's podcast is a session recorded from our Alzheimer's and Dementia Seminar held here at McGregor Baptist Church on February 19, 2022. Today's podcast session is titled, Alzheimer's, Dementia, or Normal Memory Loss? by Dr. Edward G. Shaw. This morning, I'm going to begin the presentation talking about uh, a topic that probably many of you think about when you can't remember somebody's name. Uh, or you can't remember the name of a movie actor, or just, you know, you have a memory slip, and you might say to yourself, well, golly, do I have Alzheimer's disease? I was at an uh, aging conference a couple of years ago, and they have kind of, they had a main street like you have here with different vendors there, and uh, there were people at the various tables, but there was one table that had a long line, and it was not uh, for medical things. It was a t-shirt table. So I was curious, well, why are people lined up to get these t-shirts? So I went up and I looked at the t-shirt and the t-shirt said, I can't remember your name either. <laughs> so how many of us would sort of like one of those t-shirts? Well, that, that's what I'm going to talk about this morning. So um, I've had a career-long interest in the human brain. Uh, I started my career as a brain cancer doctor and a researcher in cognitive function in cancer patients and cancer survivors and actually changed my career when my late wife got Alzheimer's disease and it was sort of an easy transition to do dementia diagnosis and dementia care and along the way got the master's degree in counseling and opened a counseling center for families like many of you who are on the dementia journey. But the brain is, is fascinating. It's the most complicated uh, of the human organs. Um, it's just some facts about the brain. So this is a picture of a, a cartoon. Your brain does not actually come in four colors. I'll show you what your brain really looks like in just a sec. So it's not as big as you would think. It's about the size of two grapefruit smushed together. It weighs about the, the same weight as two grapefruit, about three pounds. Um, it has four lobes on each side, and that's what you see there. Now, the terminology is highly complex. The lobe in the front of the brain is called the frontal lobe. So the lobe underneath your temple is called your temporal lobe. Then the others are not quite as intuitive. The one on top and back is the parietal lobe, and then the one in back, which is actually the lobe that you see with, it's your vision processing, is your occipital lobe. And that brain of yours contains billions and billions of wires. It's like a big electrical cable. And each wire is like a, an extension cord, not with one prong at the end where you can plug three things in. It has 10,000 prongs on it. So you have billions of wires, each one with 10,000 connections, and you can't even fathom uh, the complexity of the brain. And even though we can say it's got four different lobes on each side and so forth, it's actually very, very interconnected. Now, there's an old wives' tale that says, well, you only use 10% of your brain 10% of the time. That's completely false. You use 90% of your brain or more 90% of the time or more. In fact, your brain can be more 
active during dream sleep than it is when you're awake. Um, and if, if I were to summarize what your brain does in a very simple way, it controls everything that you think, everything that you feel, and everything that you do. So doing being what you say or what you actually do. So everything that happens starts right up here. So if you were to pluck a brain out of somebody's skull, that's actually what it would look like. It has this kind of grayish brown color. In fact, the outer uh, stuff is called the gray matter and the inside stuff where all those billions of connections are is called the white matter. So what does your brain do? So this is kind of a simple view of what your brain does. We call what your brain does your thinking functions, your cognitive functions. And so basically you have five main cognitive functions. Your brain helps you pay attention. Your brain helps you multitask. So plan, problem solve and multitask. Your brain helps you remember, so memory. Your brain helps you say things and understand what people say to you. And your brain is responsible for your spatial skills, navigating the world, everything from walking to driving to understanding kind of relationships between the things in our environment. Now, there are two things that your brain does that are not, strictly speaking, cognitive functions, but they're important functions that are related. And one is your brain is responsible for your personality. Are you an introvert or an extrovert? Um, things of that nature. And your brain is responsible for your emotions, your emotional control. And so um, I had a, a much more complicated slide of what the brain does, but this is kind of a simpler overview of, of what the human brain does. So the main thrust of this morning's talk is what happens to your brain as you get less young? So I've talked to a number of you. Oh yeah, we don't like to say the O word here. Um, so uh, what happens to your brain? Well, we all know that our, our bodies change as we get older. Um, your brain changes too. So what's normal for cognitive aging? So the first thing I wanna say is that Alzheimer's disease, okay, now I knew he was gonna come by. I have a six-year-old and an 11-year-old grandson, and they're into superheroes. And I'm worried that he's going to press a button, and he's going to zap me, and I'm going to disappear. <laughs> and then Pastor Mark or Pastor David are going to have to get up and finish the conference. But anyway, so what I want to say is a common misconception is that if you live to be 100, you're going to get Alzheimer's disease. That is not true. That is not true. Alzheimer's disease is not an inevitable consequence of aging. Um, about one in eight people will develop Alzheimer's or another form of dementia during their lifetime. If you do live to be 100, the risk is greater. It's about one in three. But most people do not develop Alzheimer's or dementia during their life. So if you don't take anything away from this talk, just remember that you are not destined to get Alzheimer's disease. So next I'm gonna talk about the changes of normal brain aging, what to expect as you get older. Um, and then I'm gonna talk about abnormal brain aging. 
So abnormal brain aging is when your brain, in a sense, goes on to develop uh, a dementia-like illness. And so there's an intermediate form between normal brain aging and developing dementia, and that condition is called mild cognitive impairment, or MCI. I don't really like the term, um, and I'll tell you why when we get to the slide on that. And then if you develop MCI and you continue to have abnormal brain aging, you go on to develop dementia, and dementia is a progressive disease. So it starts out mild, then it becomes moderate, and then severe, and eventually it's a life-ending um, disease. Now, what are your chances of developing Alzheimer's disease? As I said, it's one in eight. It does depend on some risk factors. So the, the main risk factor for dementia is age. The older you are, the more likely you are to develop dementia. Also, gender. Women develop dementia more often than men. We don't totally understand why that is. Women do live longer than men, but it's not just the, the uh, age factor. There's also probably some hormonal factors that are there. And family history. So there is a very rare form of dementia where a parent will pass it on to half their children. That's very, very uncommon. Uh, Alzheimer's disease is not thought to be primarily a genetic disease that's passed on. But if you do have a family history, meaning if you have a parent or a sibling who has Alzheimer's, um, then you, are, uh, you have a slightly higher risk of developing the disease yourself. And we could do a whole hour talk on the genetics. It's fascinating, and science is moving very quickly in this area. Uh, what's exciting is that there probably in the next year or two will be a blood test for dementia. Now, I promised you we'd talk about what is normal brain aging. So I'm going to go through this very quickly because sitting in front of me is Kim Mitchell. <laughs> and she's amazing. But if you're running behind as a speaker, then her eyes start to narrow. Okay, and if I'm getting really close to time, then she starts to shake a little. <laughs> I'm just picking at her. So what, what is normal as your, as your brain ages? Well, one of the most common things is uh, your, your uh, thinking processes just slow down. So I've noticed this myself being uh, almost 65 now. I can't think about as many things at once and it takes me longer to think about things. And that's normal brain aging. So after we get through this list, if you experience one of these things, I want you to just learn to say to yourself, ah, well, that's normal. Um, and not to think, ah, I'm getting Alzheimer's disease. Okay, because as I said, statistically, you're, you're not likely to get it. So slowing down of the thought process, decreased attention span. Um, uh, People, as they get older, become a little bit more disattentive. Um, this is the, the main ones right here. Difficulty remembering names. This is the most common challenge that occurs as people get older. It starts somewhere in the late 40s to early 50s, and then it gets progressively worse with each decade of life. So you're out shopping at the grocery store, you're at church, or you know, you're, you're wherever, and you see somebody, and you know you've seen them before, you know you've met them before, 
you just can't remember their name. And it bugs, it bugs the H-E double toothpicks out of you. You know, it's like, why can I not remember that person's name? That's called uh, challenge confrontational naming. It can be the name of an object. It can be the name of a movie or an actor. And then how many of you have had the experience where five or 10 minutes later, you remember it? Uh, somebody said, yes, it pops in your head. That's a type of memory called working memory. It's where your brain's memory is working even though you're not thinking about that particular thing. It's absolutely amazing. But this difficulty with remembering things is the most common consequence of normal aging. And it goes along with kind of the mild short-term memory loss. Like you walk into a room and you just, you can't remember why on earth you walked in there. You walk in the kitchen, right? So I hear the laughs, right? We've all done this. And these are, this is normal. So I'll, I'll talk about what's not normal in just a minute. More difficulty multitasking. You know, you need to focus on one thing at a time because you can't multitask um, like you used to. And that's common with just normal aging. And then you can have some mild changes in personality. You might be a little bit more serious. That's normal as you think about life and sort of think about legacy issues. You may have occasional lapses in judgment. Maybe you calculate the tip wrong. Uh, you might be a little bit moody or irritable, and definitely energy level goes down um, as you get less young. So these are kind of the normal things that happen with brain aging. So what would be abnormal? What would make you say, oh, maybe I should go get this checked out? So that's, that's what I want to talk about next. So I'll tell you the story of how we found out Rebecca, my late wife, had Alzheimer's disease. She had a master's degree in speech pathology. She had an IQ of 150, which is really high, much higher than her husband's. Um, she was like super multitasker, super mom, you know, raised our three kids while I was busy doing my doctor thing. She was just, she was an amazing person. She was a distant swimmer, she was an athlete, and she had no family history. At 53 years old, she should not have gotten Alzheimer's disease. So we really don't know why people do. So one morning, we're sitting at the uh, breakfast table, and she's reading US News and World Report, the old print version of that magazine. She says, I've read this article three times, and nothing sticks. I can't remember. And that's not normal for somebody who's 53. In fact, your ability to retain information um, sticks with you all the way through your lifespan. So that would not be normal at any age. And just extending that, uh, if you, it's one thing to not remember somebody you see occasionally, but if you're forgetting the name of your spouse or your children or your grandchildren, unless you have really a lot of grandchildren, um, but not remembering people who, who are your peeps, I'm gonna talk about peeps in the next talk. If you can't remember the names of your people, that's not normal. That the, you should remember the names of your people all through your life. If you're speaking and you lose your train of thought halfway through or a couple words into your conversation, that would not be normal. If you're repeating stories uh, or you can't recall your own background, where you were born, where you grew up, what you did for a living, um, 
those, or even basic facts of history. Who was the first president? When was the Civil War? These are not normal things. These would indicate that there's something more significant going on. Now, we're all pretty independent in day-to-day life. As we age, we may develop some physical limitations where you need help. So um, I had an example of this a couple days ago. Claire, my wife Claire and I went kayaking. And I learned that I'm not quite as flexible getting out of a kayak as I used to. That was not a graceful exit onto the land. But that's because of, of a physical limitation. I'm just not as flexible as I used to be. But the cognitive issues are the ones that really uh, would raise more concern. And so our ability to do things that require this brain function of planning, problem solving, multitasking, and then judgment. Those are functions that are preserved all through the lifespan. And as we lose those things, we start having more difficulty with driving. Maybe get lost with driving or judging distances, having fender benders. Cooking. There's a lot involved with cooking and following a recipe. Um, Cleaning, having a routine to how you would clean your house. Washing, there's a routine that goes with that. Shopping, preparing a shopping list. And most of us shop in the same store or stores, and we have a routine. You learn the store, you know what aisles to go down, and you adjust your list accordingly. Paying bills, paying bills has gotten complicated. There's a lot of different ways to do it now. Managing medications, getting the right pills in the right slot on the right day or the use of a phone, so phones are now computers, um, or an actual computer. You know, these are all the things that require planning, problem solving, multitasking, and judgment. And if we lose some of those brain skills because our brain isn't aging normally, we then become, we, we need assistance with those or we come, become dependent in those. And this is what I'm gonna refer to as some of the functional consequences of dementia. So I'll come back to that in just a minute. Now, I I say this as a separate thing, a new onset of a major depressive episode or major depressive disorder or a major anxiety disorder. Really, any mental health diagnosis is not very likely to have a new onset in someone who's in their 60s or 70s or 80s. And in the dementia diagnosis clinic, when we see that, that often is kind of a red flag that there could be an underlying dementia. The age of onset of most major mental health disorders, so depression, anxiety, schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, is late teens, 20s, and into the 30s. That's when those disorders usually occur. So if you see somebody who is having paranoid uh, hallucinations or delusions, so if they're seeing things that are hearing things that aren't there, and someone who is in their 60s, you know, you, you would think about schizophrenia, but you would think about Lewy body dementia because that's the hallmark, one of the hallmark features of Lewy body dementia and you'd wanna make sure you evaluate it. So that would not be normal to have a major mental health disorder later in age. Um, So what is mild cognitive uh, impairment? Mild cognitive impairment is when you've gone beyond uh, normal aging, you have one or more of those things I just described, 
but you don't quite meet the criteria for dementia. In other words, you have cognitive impairment, but you're still functionally uh, in pretty good shape. So it's an intermediate state. And so you do have significantly more cognitive function loss in these areas that I've talked about, but you're still driving, you're still kind of functioning normally on a day-to-day -day basis. So why is that important to identify that somebody has MCI? It's important because about half to three quarters of people who have MCI will go on to develop Alzheimer's or another form of dementia. And as I'll talk about in a sec, we now have a medication to treat dementia. It's not the most effective medication, but we have one. And we're going to have, we're gonna start seeing in the next five or 10 years, effective medications. And this is where you want to introduce those medications before the disease has done its damage. So what's dementia? Dementia is cognitive function loss and you have the functional impairment. You either need help doing that stuff or you need somebody to do it for you. That's really what dementia is. And there's different types of dementia as I've shown here. That would be a whole hour talk. I could just talk about those different types of dementia. They're very different from one another. Um, and so we just, we don't have time to sort of jump into that. Alzheimer's is the most common form of dementia. About two-thirds of people have Alzheimer's. But I was talking with a woman just before we started today, and she was saying that she thought her loved one had kind of a mixed picture. And in fact, we found now, with better science doing autopsy studies of people who die of dementia, that most people have a blend of one or more of those different types of dementia. So things are really changing. And we still don't really know why people develop dementia. So you can do a diagnosis of dementia. Um, there's a bunch of things that you can do. I don't have time to go through all those. But we can make a diagnosis of dementia with 99% accuracy without uh, taking someone's brain and carving it up uh, and looking at it under a microscope. So we have a hard time sort of piecing it back together and putting it back. Um, so we can, we can make a diagnosis of dementia. Now, uh, I'm gonna uh, skip over, because Kim, am I really down to just two minutes? Yes, sir. Okay. I could tell, I, I saw it in the eyes. Um, so you can do, pa <laughs> um, you can do uh, paper and pencil tests to assess memory. This particular test is kind of the standard. It takes about 20 minutes, and you have cards on your table. Uh, that you can have a free memory screening. I think Pastor Mark already said the, the slots were already filled up. But this is very easy to do. You can't tell someone they have dementia doing the paper and pencil test. What you can say is, this is not a normal test and you should get further evaluation by, at a place that specializes in the diagnosis of memory loss and dementia. So, um, uh, this is just kind of a reminder that you have, you can access dementia screening here. You can sign up for it today outside H100 and you've got little coupons uh, on your table uh, where you can access that. So what happens in the brain when someone gets Alzheimer's disease? Alzheimer's disease, the other dementias, are called neurodegenerative diseases, which is a fancy word that means causes the brain to shrink. And when the brain shrinks, it loses function. 
That's what your normal brain looks like. That's the picture of the white matter deep inside the brain. And look what happens to the person's white matter in somebody with dementia. That's someone who dies of dementia. Their brain is about a half or a third the size it was before they got the disease. Our brains do shrink with aging about one to 3%. So you sort of go out with a brain that's about the same size as your normal brain. And that's why people are so functionally impaired because they've literally lost function. So I'm gonna end and talk about a drug that just became FDA approved a couple of months ago. And it's a drug called Aduhelm. So if you look at this picture on the left, you see these clumps of things. Um, whoops, uh-oh, that was not the one to push. Uh, I'll try. So if you look at those little funny purple things with the, the single eyes, you see these brown clumps called amyloid plaques. That's like a glue. It's garbage in the brain that accumulates in people with Alzheimer's. And so there's a drug now that will remove that junk. It's called Aduhelm. And so um, that's the good news, sort of, but there's a but there. The but there is it's not very effective. So, um, so on the 30-point test of cognitive function, on average, it will improve the result by about one-half of one point. And it has about a 40% risk of either a stroke or a brain hemorrhage um, or brain swelling that can be fatal in about 1% to 3% of people. And it's about $100,000 a year. So there's a lot of buts there. And what I'll say is that um, although that's a big but, um, it's the first drug we've had in the history of treating this disease. And it is a first step. And I believe that in, by the time my grandsons have their own grandsons, this will be a preventable and treatable disease. listening to this podcast. Please subscribe to this channel if you've not already done so and leave a review if you found this content helpful.